What's going on, everybody? It's episode 21 of the Main Stand Podcast. I'm here as usual with Mitch and Pat. How are you guys doing what today? Do, baby? I'm doing great. Doing great. Never better. I got mail yesterday, so I'm doing fantastic. Is the yellow one Ronald new? McDonald looking ass. Is that new? Yeah, I got it yesterday. Who you got on the back? No one. I went I went through Nike. I decided it was time to to just not get somebody on this kit. Because the last few kits I've gotten, uh, usually, like, it's kind of like a little bit of a kit curse. Like, either somebody gets injured. Like, I got the Van Dyke 1920 kit. He gets injured the next season. I get Mane. He goes on a drought. So, I decided let's just kill the whole squad at the same time. I got um, I got that little uh, cream-colored one this year with no name. That was my first no-name one. Yeah, I, ha- I got Robbo on that one, and we've seen how that's turned out so far this year. So we're I'm big, we're a big kit podcast. I don't think we've talked about that enough. All like all the kits we have. I think Pat's a I'm big pretty, kit guy too. I am. I'm a pretty starch believer in uh, don't put names on your shirts, but that's just me personally. I'm going in that direction. Uh, I feel like the older you get, it's a thing. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. Like, I'm harder inching, to do it. Yeah, I'm. I'm inching closer to thirty and. The wallet, you know, it, it costs you an extra like twenty six bucks to get a Premier League patch and a name and number on the back of a kit. So, I just figured, hey, they had it in stock. They've been hard to come by. Um, I think this is my, I think this is my like seventeenth or eighteenth kit. Damn. I have I have a a very large kit collection. I had a pretty pretty large kit collection. Bum, 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 bum. That French football one you used to have was nice. <laughs> I I helped him pick that out. Dog, I don't want to talk about my old collection. Did you get that at Nike Town in Boston? Is that correct? Yeah, I did. It was between that or like a retro, like the '90s Barca shirt. No. Oh. Pat bought that with the like the whole Sevilla staff in the store raiding it before the game. Yeah, right. That is true. They were all all there, all like kitted out. Yeah, Mitch and I when Mitch and I went to see uh. Liverpool play Sevilla, and I wore my France football shirt. Hey, I was shirt. fucking there, too. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's right. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one who got the fucking tickets. <laughs> Doing really well today, guys. Uh, yeah, the whole Damn. fucking backroom staff was in that Nike town. It was pretty funny. We need to get fucking, uh, what's his name, Matt Davis from Saturday's Football on the pod. He talk about his kit collection. Yo, I just guessed. put mine to shame. Uh, the Aguero piece that they did. I picked up the crew neck with uh, with Aguero on the front of like the the classical painting. I got a navy one of those. I'll probably have it on the next pod. And I had shipped today. That's nice. Um, outside of kits, though, Josh, why don't you uh, let the people know about what's happened in your other football fandom that you uh, you've got going on here? Because this is a fucking funny story to to kick the episode <laughs> off. Yeah. So as most of you know, I'm a scarf collector. Yeah, I've been, I've been on a wicked bender with scarves, man. I need to stop. Cause I we're getting, me and my girlfriend are gonna move in together eventually. I'm gonna have nowhere to put these fuckers right now. I have them. I'm not gonna move my laptop because I'll I'll fuck something up on the zoom. But we have scarves. They basically serve as like window curtains. You can see kind of four behind me, and I have two like bigger picture windows next to them. It's covered with scarves. I have a camping chair full of scarves. I have like up. To, I think I have over seventy now. Um. So I bought a recent kind of collection. I got a Valencia one, a Wesley Snyder Galatasaray one. I got two US M&T scarves for the game against Honduras. Um, and then it's gonna I got be cold, a Santos. So you're going to need two two scarves. Correct. Um, so I got a Santos scarf, thinking it was the team in Brazil. Now, <laughs> I'll preface this saying it is a very bright blue and green scarf that's checkered which I know is not the, the Santos branding. But I'm like, hey, this must be like some rare like thing they tried out. It's probably real cool. I'm going to cop this. It wasn't too much money. It was a good eBay find. I get this thing, and I notice it says like TVSA on it. Um, and I'm like, I have no idea what this means. I just wanted to do some more research about, about the club a little bit. I knew a little bit about Santos. Obviously, they have, what, Neymar, Pele, some crazy names that have played there. I was like, oh, I just want to do a little bit more research. So we'll see what this TVSA thing stands for. Now, TVSA stands for the the Temecula Valley Soccer Association. Josh, I'm going to hold you real quick. 
It's pronounced Temecula. Temecula? Temecula? Yes. Temecula, Temecula. sounds cooler, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> this, this is a soccer academy. I, I'm, I'm like, torn. I don't know if it's California or Ohio. I've saw contradicting reports. I hope it's Ohio. That's way funnier if it's fucking Ohio. I, I'm pretty sure it's Ohio based off the research <laughs> I've done. funnier. It, it's a... <laughs> Go check out their YouTube. Their YouTube page is still up. And they have, like, videos from 2015 of, like, their tryouts. They're hysterically funny. I think their their tagline is skit, fun equals skill or some – yeah, skill equals fun is their slogan. Um, nice. I just got duped the fuck out of. Uh, on the eBay thing, too, they fucked me because it says Club Brazil. Like, they, <laughs> they, they literally just, like – fake marketed me that's just fraudulent marketing and i completely bought in on it so now i just have a scarf from, from an ohio kids soccer camp basically is that the one that came in the stuffing box yes <laughs> you, pat you didn't pat you didn't see this this came in an iga stuffing box that was taped <laughs> yo <laughs> Yeah, Josh I got, got Skamaz. That's yeah. like that's like ordering a PS5 on StockX and just getting a, a picture of a PS5 <laughs> mailed to you. Uh, that's ordering a PS5 on StockX, getting a fucking Wii. <laughs> I'm I'm very glad it only cost me like eight dollars overall. It's a good story, one that's probably worth eight dollars. Uh, hey, it looks cool. It does look all right, and I can just say it's the Santos Club in Brazil. Say it's like a special edition. Support the youth. Well, exactly what it is, because I think that's funnier. Own up to your actions. <laughs> it hasn't been all bad for me this week. We did a good week gambling last week. We went five, two, and one. Let's talk about that for a second. Just praise the Rick. Praise Rick's picks for a second. We put together a nice little spreadsheet uh, that's on the Twitter uh, to go over all the picks. I think we're like thirty-seven, thirty, and one uh, so far, plus six point nine units. So basically that means if you put $100 on every bet, you would have made almost $700 profit uh, up to date. Um, so that's pretty good. I like, I like where we're at. If you don't have, if you take out that three for 11 week, we're doing a lot better too. So keep putting money into Rick's picks. They're doing good. Things we've learned. Don't take 14 picks in a week and do your research. We were so close to Vegas this week, this past week, man. We were so close to Vegas. There was a we really were honestly the Liverpool game wasn't that far from going in my favor and the other one was it Brentford Villa that we yep. yeah uh, yes had, yeah whatever I'm fine with it we we did pretty good we got some good calls last week so I'm fine with it we'll take it we'll take it um you guys wanna we got probably two games to talk about from over the weekend um we got Liverpool Chelsea and City Arsenal are probably the two two biggest ones to talk about we got kind of a different we got got a fun episode coming up here as you guys can see with the uh with the thing there i'm pointing at it above my head in the zoom and i'm realizing now as i'm doing it it doesn't it's it's right it there it's there there that there, there, it's there it's over that way right there you can see the episode is it's is got some fun stuff in it anyway sorry that was really bad um, <laughs> Review Chelsea Liverpool. Um, so draw. It was a, a fun game. Uh, you guys got any opinions on it? Um, we uh, both know you're pretty opinionated yeah. people. Liverpool got outrun in the midfield, but uh, honestly, a game with some great goals in it. That Kovacic one was just straight techers. Uh, I mean, God. what a hit! Uh, and Salah's goal was insane too. It's a shitty game to draw, especially when you give up a, a two-goal lead. We, we literally did just get outrun in the midfield. I, I'm not going to even talk about, like, the Henderson slander after the game. I'm not – I am just don't have the energy to do it. But Mitch can if, if he would like. <laughs> Yo, you're forgetting how good of a goal Captain America had, too. Pulisic had – that was a It was a good goal in transition. And, you know, Josh, you, you, you're good at calling out when I'm good at calling out when Liverpool are going to be bad on the bounce. And, you know, I I think we both saw this coming. I, I, I'm pretty sure I called the 2-2 draw, if not 1-1. Um, I thought it was going to be a, a slow game. 
Uh, and it was for 45 minutes. The second half wasn't, um, wasn't really entertaining. We didn't have much to talk about there. Um, Rudiger man marked the ever living fuck out of Mo Salah for 90 straight minutes. Um, gave him a hug all game. Um, you know, I, it was a tough game. It, it was just a tough game. And I, I didn't think it was going to be won or lost. I think that was uh, a very grindy, grindy 90 minute game. Um, and then we gave up two goals and what five minutes again uh just slowed down at the end of the first half and and gave up the two goal lead um i think now that afcon is finally here we have the the january window upon us i don't think liverpool is going to make any really influential moves i'm hearing origi going out but we can talk about that um when we kind of go over our transfer review but um, I don't know. I th- I think uh, I think some things need to change. We uh, we've had our um, FA Cup match with Arsenal postponed. Uh, that was supposed to happen today, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, Shrewsbury at the weekend's defo canceled too. No chance. Yeah. yeah. COVID has has reared its head again. So. Um, Pep's out with positive. Um, we know that uh, Jurgen was out for this match against Chelsea. So, um, oh yeah, and Kirkby's shut down completely. I, I don't know about Man City's yeah. training ground, but Liverpool's just not in function right We're now. We're not so doing not doing anything. On playing this weekend, all of the players and backroom staff that have tested positive are isolating and. They, have, they haven't said anything. As far as I know, City are still playing. Uh, I think it's Bristol. City have it the weekend in the FA Cup. I think they're going to Bristol with the available first team members and then filling the rest of the squad out with the U-17s and the EDS. And uh, the U-17 coach will be will be coaching City on the sidelines this weekend. Mm. That's wild. It's just a t- tough spot the Premier League's in right now. Yeah, it's pretty honestly. great. I, I think it's probably about time for – us to have a month break maybe not a don't do what they did you know last time with project lockdown and kick all the fans out but give it a month break let the players that have it you know get it out of their systems let the guys that aren't vaccinated get vaccinated or like get their boosters if they need to and you know keep the league rolling um the the premier league needs to take a hard look at themselves if i'm being honest because if you look at the the standard of officiating the use of var and how they've dealt with covid or how covid has affected these teams it's been way worse across the board in the Premier League compared to every single league. And, and they are the, the league right now with the best teams and the best players and best managers, in my opinion. But right now, everything else about the Premier League is just a shambles. Yeah, the worst run league with the best fucking players in the world. It's insane. Yeah, it's awful. Um, it's, they are fumbling the bag uh, tremendously right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a super good look. I'm optimistic that things will turn around because... I want to be um in other VAR related news probably a great segue into the more controversial big game of the weekend in uh Man City and La Arsenal Whew! that was uh pretty insane uh Arsenal definitely deserved to win that game I'll start by saying that as a fan of not Arsenal but City um, absolutely the better team over 90 minutes. Uh, Thomas Party looked like fucking Yaya Torre. Uh, <laughs> Odegaard had an incredible game. They looked really good at the back, really dangerous going forward. Uh, Saka had a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Uh, but unfortunately, champions sometimes shithouse wins that they're just not supposed to get. And that's what City did. They they shithoused three points. And as a fan of the club, uh, it was really, really funny to see them, for the first time in a long time, uh, shithouse three points. Love Rodri's celebration at the end of the game. Uh, you know, great. the way he fucking took his shirt off and gave it to the Arsenal fans. Uh, I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, another thing I would like to point out is, uh, the referee, a lot of controversy with the ref. Um, 
I thought he made the correct calls uh, with, with the penalty call and the no penalty call. If you look at the Odegaard challenge at the beginning of the game, there are four different angles you can look at, and every angle gives you a different opinion or a different view on what happened. And I think that pretty much means you can't call it a clear and obvious error on the referee and take it to VAR. Uh, he said no penalties. There was no penalty. You see the ball move one way. You could say it was Odegaard's foot. You could say it was Ederson's heel. Uh, there's an angle that shows Odegaard stepping on Ederson's foot before any anything gets to the ball. Uh, it wasn't a clear and obvious error. Therefore, you know, no penalty. I thought the ref got that one right. And then uh, my favorite city account basically summed up my thoughts on the Bernardo Silva penalty call. And here it is. Uh, here's an idea. If you don't want to give away a pen, don't flap your leg out nowhere near the ball, hit the player, and then grab hold of someone's shirt and yank it. Um, you look at Jaka on VAR and a hundred times out of a hundred, that's going to get given as a penalty. Um, you can say Bernardo was looking for it. You can say whatever you want to say. Uh, name me one player in the box that isn't inviting contact and looking for a reason to hit the ground. Uh, Salah's the best player in the world. He does it week in, week out. Ronaldo did it in his prime. You see Messi doing it. Neymar does it. Every player in the world that's an attacker, more often than not, uh, is looking for contact in the box. And if you give it to him, they're going to hit the ground. It's just the way the game works. Um you know, don't, he was pulling his shirt. He had a handful of his t-shirt. It's a penalty. Sorry. Um, and, and that's, you know, the two cents there thought Arsenal probably deserved the three points at the end of the day. Um, and I think, you know, this game just showed that they can get up to play these big teams, but uh, I think city are mentality monsters. And that's ultimately what oh, got the steal our tagline. You little fucker. <laughs> what do you mean it's just what they are they're mentality monsters they've been that way for the past five years but i know what you, yeah, they, yeah that was like the whole thing with with that with that liverpool team yeah okay <laughs> alliteration it rolls off the tongue nicely all right yeah that's why we used it well that's why i'm using it now motherfucker win another title and you can have it back oh my fucking god <laughs> here we go uh, but yeah, that's that's really my two cents. Um, thought it was a good game still, and you know, you, you take the controversy out of it, and it, it was a, a fun ninety minutes, and it was pretty end to end. It was an electric game, and Josh won us money because it was over two point five goals in City one. Hmm. That's correct. Bur- the the first, the, our first parlay too that we hit on, we hit on so uh, good huge for for the main stand uh, betting odds. Yeah. We were about 30 seconds away from not hitting that. So, yeah. <laughs> that close. Thanks, Roger. It's always that close in soccer. One, you know, one kick of the ball can be a money line. So, uh, we move. That actually was like a double. Like, we were about to not hit on both. And then last minute, baby. Yep. Then we did. But, well, well, I guess we'll stick with the betting uh, theme here. We'll just go right into the preview. It's not going to be too, too long this week because some of these games, you know, we'll, we do a really good job covering the Prem. Obviously, we don't watch um, all of these leagues like week in, week out. So we'll do our best to kind of give our bets and, and handicap these. We're going to actually test some stuff out and do some kind of low-value picks. I want to see kind of how those uh, play out. Just some of the other leagues here. We'll, we'll start off in Spain. Valencia plays Real Madrid. Um, Real Madrid's won four out of five uh, against Valencia. They're kind of back on the bounce. Two wins since that um, that loss against Getaf in La Liga. Or one win, sorry. They, they played in the Copa del Rey in the midweek. Um, Real Madrid this season, 8-1-2 and two away from home. So I, I think I favor them, but there's not really much value in, in picking them this week because they're, they're so favored against Valencia. I have both teams to score. Valencia has a pretty decent offense. Uh, that The odds on that are minus 125. I also have over 2.5 goals, which kind of works with the both teams to score. Um, and I have that at minus 175. I didn't really want to pick the Real Madrid um, spread in terms of like winning by multiple goals just because Real Madrid have been playing on like low score lines this year. They've been winning a lot of like 2-0s, 1-2s. So... Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to do that route, so we're we're just going with the kind of a goal fest duo of picks. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, Valencia are, are in uh, the top three or like tied for third or fourth for goals scored in the Liga too. 
uh, Madrid like outright top of the, the scoring charts for for teams in Spain. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think definitely both teams to score. Um, you know, just uh, supporting my my dog here with his bets. I think both teams to score is a really really safe one there to call. Uh, you know, as you can see through the odds. But yeah, uh, I guess my my thought on that is that both teams are going to get one. Real Madrid's probably going to get two, and that breaks two point five. So yep, yeah, they, I, yeah, I like that. I like that bet. Uh, we have some games in Germany as well. You'll kind of see we're kind of all over the place. We have a few um, FA Cup games, nothing in the Prem. So the rest of these are domestic leagues. Um, in the Bundesliga, we actually have a few good matchups. We have Bayern, Monk, and Gladbach. We're not going to put bets on that one. That is one to watch out for on Friday. Uh, I think I will have a bet on that tonight as well. We'll probably add into this uh, an article, but we didn't do it for Rick's picks. First one is Frankfurt versus Dortmund. This one has some potential to be really good, kind of a top-of-the-table matchup. Holland is back from injury, and Bellingham is back from suspension. So two big returns for Dortmund. I think Rafael Guerrero is back as well. Um, Frankfurt, on the other end, will be out. Jesper Lindstrom, he has three goals in his last three games, so that's a big miss for them. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to go Dortmund money line plus 100. I think that's really good value, especially because Dortmund was a little shaky before the break. I think they'll go on a little bit of a run here um, kind of after that, that long month break. Mm-hmm. With that being I said, I also it. have over – sorry, Mitch, go ahead. No, I was just I was just agreeing with you. I think um, having Holland back is huge. Bellingham back is huge. And having Jesper, you know, a player like that, when you're just starting to find that form and catch the hot streak, you're getting three and three. That's a big miss, so. Yeah. I dig the pick. And the second pick here is, you know, Holland is just a goal-scoring machine. There's, like, nothing you have to even explain about it. There's no stats you have to bring up with Erling Holland to know he's just a ball hawk. It doesn't matter about his form or anything like that. I feel like just when he is on the pitch, he makes an impact, especially against these, like, mid-table sides in the Bundesliga. So I think he'll probably get a couple. I mean, he is six in the last six matches he's played in the Bundesliga. So I have this one over 2.5 goals. Uh, that's minus 205. So, again, low value. We're kind of testing those out. Those are the two picks for that game. Uh, and then staying in Germany, we have Leverkusen and Union Berlin. Is This one has a real potential to be exciting. I love Leverkusen's offense this year. We talked about Florian Wirtz last episode. Uh, Patrick Schick is just unreal. He has like 16 goals already. He's going to get a bag this summer. And then Musa Diaby as well. They're just loaded with talent. Um, and I have uh, Patrick Schick to score plus 115. So I know we're 0 for 5 on player prop bets. I think this one has pretty good chances of hitting. And then the Leverkusen money line. I think their offense is just a little bit too strong for Berlin. Uh, I believe Berlin also, or maybe it's Leverkusen. Uh, is going to be without their two center backs, um, Edmund Tapsoba and Audelin. I don't even know how to pronounce that last name, if we're being honest. They are AFCON. I still think Leverkusen kind of uh, has what it takes to get that money line over. That's minus 120. And then we'll go into the FA Cup games. Um, Patrick, what's your thoughts on City if they do play? You think you'll breeze right by Bristol? Oh, God. I think it depends on which seven first-team players are out, man. Uh, I know Foden's definitely one of them. Uh, I mean, I think we have a pretty good academy uh, down there. So, maybe. Maybe uh, City are going to win. But, like, ultimately, man, and like they're keeping it really, 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 uh, like, tight on who has COVID and who doesn't, aside from yeah. Pepin and Lilo. So, I, I think it comes down to the 11 that gets fielded. But, you know, I'm expecting to see, like, maybe eight, seven or eight, uh, you know, U17 or development squad players in there uh, with like one or two first teamers. Um, so uh, I, I think it really depends on who's there. I, I think the, like I said, I think the kids are good at it's city. So uh, yeah. High scoring draw because probably won't have any real defenders. Yeah. I just wanted to get your take on that one. Just, we don't have that as a, a game for a pick, but just, thoughts I, I honestly thought about not including any fa cup games i hate betting on cup games because you don't know who's gonna play you don't know some clubs take it more seriously than others um and some clubs are really good kind of like leicester i think i think of leicester as like a domestic cup team that can make a run i just well, I don't can, enjoy betting on it 
Yeah. Well, I think you can like make some educated assumptions. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you look at teams, like you mentioned Leicester, you look at like your West Ham's, your uh, maybe, maybe not the guys at the bottom, bottom end of the table, like your Newcastle's or your Watford's um, because they're potentially going to be fighting in a relegation scrap and, you know, staying in the Premier League is more important than making a run in the FA Cup. So those teams you might expect to see their guys rested or see yeah. them take it a little bit less seriously. But those teams that are like definitely safe, but also want to win a trophy, like your, your West Ham's, uh, your Brighton's, your teams like that, I think you can expect to take these cups a lot more seriously. So if you plan on betting on these, maybe take that with a grain of salt before, you know, before kickoff or before you place your money, like look at like realistically what these teams ambitions are and, and like what they would set out to win given like where they are in their domestic league. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's fair enough. And you mentioned all three teams we're going to talk about here. Lester Watford. I- I'm shaky on money lines or like picking a-, a someone to win in this game, just because I feel like Watford has something in them where they can put in a good offensive performance. Uh, <laughs> I have this one over 2.5 goals. I think this is just a easy, easy pick. Minus 125 isn't bad either. This is hitting 9 out of 10 recent Leicester matches. Watford's defense allows two goals a game, uh, both in reality and expected. So this game is just going to be filled with goals, like 3-2, 4-2, something like that. Yeah. Um, And West Ham leads. I have West Ham money line, minus 115. Again, good value. Again, one that seems surefire because West Ham are a controlled team. Their midfield is just going to outrun leads. Uh I, I just think that one's honestly pretty straightforward. One of the few, um, all two, all Premier League matchups here. Um, so definitely ones to keep your eyes on if you're looking for games to watch. Um, and then the last one, Brighton versus West Brom. Again, I'm going Brighton money line. I think Brighton with rest, uh, especially considering they're pretty comfortable in the league right now, I think they'll probably uh, go with a really strong side in in the cup early, especially get to those first few uh rounds so the money line's plus 130 so great value on this too hammer it yes and then our last two picks are in italy italy is just all over the place i i literally (laughs) watched a couple games this afternoon you don't know what's gonna happen ever Juventus played Napoli, and I just I assumed Juventus would come back from the break and play well, maybe make a run and make kind of at least start to build some confidence in terms of like making their way back up the table. Nope, drop points to Napoli at home. You never know what's going to happen. So I hate betting on money line. I think we've been pretty bad, honestly, in Serie A in terms of betting. Uh, I so, haven't. <laughs> Fiorentina is not going to be in the top six. I will bet on that. Fuck you, Mitch. Roma Juve is the first one this weekend. Juve do have a good record against Roma recently. They're four one and one against the Romans in the past six. They won the reverse fixture one nil. Still doesn't give me enough enough confidence to see them winning uh, this weekend. That's why I have under two point five goals minus one hundred five. We know Juventus's defense likes to keep games on a, a low score line. I don't know if Roma will really put much offensive pressure on Juve so I think this is a, a 1-0 to 2-0 in favor of, of Juventus mm-hmm. and then I also have one pick for Inter Lazio I just have the Inter money line here this one's a real low value pick another kind of test um, Lazio just won today though they scored a last minute goal from Milinkovic Savic I do think Inter has enough to win this game it's minus 225 but I think this is where Inter starts to kind of go on a run, defend their um, league title. I do think they will pull away here in the next couple of, of months here before they get smacked up by Liverpool in the Champions League. That's it. <laughs> Those are the picks. I think that was a lot of picks. That's like 10 picks this week. So we're, we're going big, but we have some low-value ones to hopefully just kind of keep increasing that percentage. I uh, I have one made up bet that uh harry simu is gonna bitch more about uh liverpool asking for this fa cup match to get postponed but health is wealth everywhere else yep doesn't take much to write for his publications so that's all i have to say about him 
Moving Doesn't on to transfer to news. Stand recorder though either. <laughs> no, we have a vigorous application process. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you you can't just get on here and and say and do whatever you want willy nilly, Mitchell. We we vet only the <laughs> finest and most refined talent. How Look do you think Austin Farwell got on the show? Yeah, right? Look at the three people in front of you today and tell me this isn't the greatest in, in sporting minds in front of you. <laughs> I'm kidding, Austin. I love you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to talk some transfer news? Let's do it. Let's transfer the subject over to transfers. The transfer news might be crazier than the first 25 minutes of this episode, honestly. Some fucking wild news this week. <laughs> We haven't even got a chance to talk about Lukaku either. I think we should kind of start off with that because we didn't talk about that at all last week because I think that broke on Friday or Thursday after we recorded. Allegedly, it broke three weeks ago. When they recorded the interview, yes, sir. (laughs) And then sat on it and then put it out. And I think it just makes the whole situation that much worse. Um, His apology didn't feel in any way, shape, or form sincere. This man just wants to go back to Inter, and the memes have been firing away since uh, since this came to light. Do you think th- – I thought they just shouldn't have made him do an apology. That was so awkward and weird. It do you think they even... made him do it? Huh? I think he was like, fuck, I should probably say something. That was a little out of pocket. I think they made him do it, but I just wouldn't have fucking mentioned it. It just, the it seems so fabricated. It was like the John Henry apology after the Super League thing. It's like, I don't even want to see this right now. Just just go away and like, it'll Hello. get better. I'm sorry. In the meme of the, it's like Chelsea's cameraman recording this and <laughs> Dude with the fucking AK-47 and like the DSLR camera, like duct tape to the top of it. Dude, and the Inter, Inter fans were just roasting Lukaku too. They had like banners up in Milan saying if like you're not willing to stay through the storm, don't come back like in the sun or like some like bullshit just like saying like that. They like, Inter fans like don't want him. Dude, the Inter ultras are nuts. So like, yeah, I can imagine they don't want him back. Like... I feel like if you're stirring up drama like that, you know, and the way he came to Chelsea too, being like, you know, this is my club and da 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 da, and then saying that, and then now, you know, with the Inter stuff too, it's just kind of like, it just feels like really soulless and like mercenary for him to, you know, be, be going like that. It, it just feels really, really empty. Like any good things he says about any clubs now. I think I think the meme that like made me laugh the hardest was like a picture of him at every club he's played for kissing the badge. Yep. And it's like it's like Lukaku at Chelsea, this is my club, like leaving leaving Milan. And then it's just like also Lukaku and it's just him badged up in every picture. And you know, the I I think this just makes Lukaku's draft stock go through the fucking floor like who wants a player that's just going to be so wishy-washy and not going to put the skill on the pitch to back it up week in and week out i thought too like i'm kind of mad at him because i put my neck out on him on the line for him this summer because like i do think he was disrespected for a while in terms i thought he should be mentioned with like maybe not the harry canes but like that next level of striker that's like top of top of the world in terms of class I thought he was a little bit disrespected. And I think this kind of blows that completely out of the water. That's why clubs don't want you, or that's why you're always in the news, man. It's because you do dumb shit like this. Yeah, and then he he makes it really tough to be someone who's like, no, he, like, I was in the same boat as Josh. Like, we have a buddy who's a Man United fan, and I'm, I, you know, Cameron, he's come on the pod once, and he and I were chatting about, you know, Lukaku moving to Chelsea over the summer. And I was like, I think he really found his feet at Interman. Like, I think he's going to do pretty well at Chelsea. Like, sometimes it's just a confidence thing. And he was just like, nah, dude, Lukaku's fucking terrible, and you'll see it. And now I'm just kind of like, fuck, man, I think he was right. Lukaku was just fucking not it, bro. All those memes about him playing footy with Tim's on are true. 
did you see like I, I don't know if it was it wasn't the sporting director it was someone at inter came out and said yeah, yeah. like and he left like, but ed and jock ed and jacko came back and is like the same exact thing so we don't really miss him at all <laughs> i bosnian king all right ed and jacko's fucking awesome he's a baller i love that man so goddamn much he's one of my favorite players ever you and you and I were talking about how uh, cities hopefully bringing back the red and black pinstripe kits, and like Ed and Jacko in that red and black pinstripe kit is like Thierry Henry with gloves on. It's like oh, terrifying, you, dude. It's ter like it's just something you don't want to see. You know, you know you're gonna get society. fucked. It's got the, the pinstripe kit on and the fucking like slight gap in his teeth is just a big smile and he's just here to fucking score four goals against Spurs. Speaking of forwards, um, Vlahovic, which a player Mitch is uh, very familiar with. I've heard Absolutely. some, I've heard some rumors. He's uh dodging Arsenal, do dodging some Arsenal calls. Uh, a lot of rumors saying he wants to link up with Conte at Spurs. What do you guys think about where he's going to go? Is he going to move in the winter? Is he a summer guy? Who's he going to go think at? And ultimately be the summer. Um, I don't know how easy it's going to be to lock down a replacement that like feels like they can like accurately pull the weight that he is currently carrying. And I don't know if teams are going to have the money to spend this mm. winter, like to really meet Fiorentina's asking price. Uh, the summer just feels more likely at this point, but who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, Fiorentina just signed Akone. Um, so they, they bolstered their attack. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, obviously, we're stuck in Maine. Um, don't really know what the word on the street is in Arsenal. Um, but, you know, if I was him, I, I wouldn't be dodging calls from a club that is doing what Arsenal is doing right now. Beating bad um, teams. And and oh my god! And they almost but beat a good team this weekend, right? They almost did. They deserve to. They deserve to beat a good team, and and they will start team. doing that. And I think once they get a couple more pieces, they're going to be able to do that and establish it a little bit better. And I think Vlaovic has a really good opportunity to go into that side and lead from the front. But if his wishes are to go to Tottenham, I think Harry Kane ending up staying there just hurts his ability to make that move and get the playtime that he actually wants and and needs at what 24 25 years old i think if they land vlahovic uh fucking baldy mcbalderson at spurs his name is escaping me um he he sells Kane. he's like fuck it get out oh, of here daniel what? levy yeah levy yep. baldy mcbalderson yeah i think if they land vlahovic he's he's perfectly fine selling Kane. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, we can stay in the Premier League, I guess. We have a couple Premier League guys to talk about. Uh, C Philippe Coutinho. Apparently, that deal with Villa is getting pretty close. That's so sick. And apparently, it's down to Villa or Liverpool. And Josh and I were talking about this. We've talked about it when the rumors started swirling two years ago. Again, that... Coutinho wanted to come back and it's just I I would much rather see him go to a, a, a fresh side play under Gerard. I think that is a, a good fit for him honestly and it it would be an opportunity to regain his form and and do what he does best. I don't think Liverpool is the place for him. I I love Coutinho. Um rate him highly but he didn't want to be here it, and it's it's kind of like the same thing with Lukaku it's like why come back why like why why go back to Liverpool what do you what else do you have to prove there I know some fans are horny to get him back and and just like please Phil please come back no I I would much rather see Villa get a deal done to to bring Coutinho back to the the Premier League if that's the case you don't think Coutinho fits a lot of the requirements for the lacking creativity and midfield department that you guys have? I, I personally wouldn't hate to see him back. I'm not like on my knees begging. Uh, I do think he adds a little bit of creativity. I, I think he's just like a, 
you know, he has a little bit of goal scoring in him. We know he's a great passer and passer and dribbler. I think if we just brought him in with the expectation of him being a squad player, it could work out. And to Mitch's point, you know, Ian Rush left Liverpool in the 80s and went to Juventus yep. for a couple of years and came back too. I'm not saying the situations were very different. I think Coutinho left on much different terms and like the way he handled it was worse, but I'm not, I'm just saying it's not impossible. I do think him going no. to Villa is more likely. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and I, I agree with that. And I, I think he does check those boxes. He, but he is far better on the left side of the midfield than on the right. And I think that takes away from Tiago being able to do what he does best. And he still hasn't really gotten that opportunity yet. We've, we've been talking about it for two years. He'll get this slight little run of games and then he picks up an injury. So I, I don't know. Like as a, as a Liverpool fan, as a Coutinho fan, yes, he fits the bill, but I guess it's just that I think he has a better opportunity to still get consistent playing minutes under somebody like Gerard in a squad like Villa, where he can be a leader versus a squad player. And I feel like that fits his morale, his willingness to go out and play week in and week out a lot better than coming in as a, a guy off the bench or, you know, a guy that's only getting 60, 65 minutes every other game. Yeah, I can see that. I just think he'd make a really big impact over at Liverpool is basically all I'm saying, especially with, you know, your comments about Thiago's fitness. Like, and, yeah. and Coutinho just brings a whole new element to that midfield that, you like I said, you know, you don't really have. So The Coutinho uh, shit's so annoying, though, man. It's because it's like – I just want it to be over with of, like, the bad kind of, like, feelings towards him. Like, yes, he left and it wasn't on good terms, but he, he did spend, like, five and a half years at Liverpool. And it's like at, at some point we just kind of get over it and, like, go back to being, like, he had some fucking great years at Liverpool. And I think he gave all of us, like, a real sense of enjoyment in a dark time at the club. Uh and you know it's it's kind of just time to move on with like the hard feelings in my opinion. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. he went to a Premier League team. No, it could have been Everton. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's no reason at all that I'm laughing over here. Not a not a single thing that would make me laugh at you saying time to get over it and move on with the hard feelings about a player that left Liverpool. I don't really have that much hard feel. I I wasn't really around for Torres. Suarez, I mean I, I've talked to I wouldn't mind Suarez back. I'm talking about Sterling. I just think Oh, well, oh, Sterling. Yeah. Fuck you, Rasa. I just think it's funny, you know? A little dinosaur <laughs> can fuck <laughs> off. I, I, I enjoy I'm, harassing. some bad terms, but we should just get over it. But not Sterling. Not for Sterling, though. Fuck him still, right? I, I actually, no, I enjoy, like, kind of, this isn't a pun on words, razzing Sterling. Uh, I enjoy teasing him a little bit, but... I'm always on Sterling's side when it comes to the shit that's always like surrounding him in, in the news or whatever. I think he's a fucking class guy and he's, uh, he is a very good player. I've always been on his side. Uh, it's been long enough, you know, I, I just do it now as a kind of a fun picking thing. That's fair. I'm, I'm like, that was more a dig to like any other fan that exists, but it, it's just funny. It's There's just a funny. lot of them that exist. Um, called racists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, from home about at one of our own. Can we talk about one of our own for a second? Yes. Ricardo Pepe is making that move. He's going to the Bundesliga. He's going to Augsburg. We've got another one in Europe, and I personally could not be happier. I think the Bundesliga is a great place for young attacking players like that to go. I think the step from the MLS to the Bundesliga. I think I've said it on an episode before. I think yeah. the pacing of the Bundesliga is perfect for someone transitioning from the MLS to Europe. And, you know, fingers crossed, it's not another Josh Sargent and Pepe actually makes good and like has really, really, you know, is good for Augsburg. Don't forget about uh, Tejan Buchanan to um, Bruges as well. Oh yeah, that's true too. That did, that got confirmed and he got a, a call up too to the, the men's national team. So, yep. That huge, is tight. Huge, huge. That is tight. But wait, no, Buchanan's Canadian. Who? Uh, there's a different ML. But one of the the fullback that had the really good game against New York or Orlando that that we watched, he just got a call up to the men's national team. Buchanan's Canadian. Yeah, but he's still he's North American. 
Yeah, uh, no, uh, I'm excited for him. Dewan, Dewan Jones. Yes, Jones. Jones just got a call up. He didn't know going over. He just got a call up. Yeah. Sorry, folks. It's been a long day. Um, That's true. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm I'm happy to see Pepe go to go to Germany. I'm I'm pretty jazzed for that. Um, Absolutely, just help helps the the men's national team that much more. Um, getting youngsters over into a higher level of competition is is massive. We've seen what it's done for for players like Clint Dempsey, Tim Howard. Um, it's just Pulisic, Reina, you name it. That it, it's just it's awesome to see local guys getting getting the move to to bigger clubs you know one yep. guy who always deserved a move overseas and never got one who guy does fuck him <laughs> fuck Zardes, i just That's... i wanted the organic reaction to that quote <laughs> fuck him you're gonna say something even stupider like fucking chris wondolowski <laughs> leading MLS goal scorer Chris Wondolowski. I don't give a fuck what he's done. I fucking hate him. How do you miss an empty net to beat Bell? I don't want to talk about it. Move on. Different news. Let's talk about Newcastle. Let's talk about Newcastle because they're gonna they're gonna buy everybody. Yep. <laughs> Kieran Trippier looks pretty uh, pretty close to being done. From what Fabrizio Romano saying. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty solid first move for them too. Honestly. Um, I think fullback is a place that they kind of struggle to have like real quality. So I think bringing in Trippier is a good idea. Um, some of the other names that they have been shopping around um, every fringe player that is at Arsenal football club. Yeah, literally. Uh, do you, so one name that's been floated around is Obama Yang. And I genuinely don't think that he'll be any better for Newcastle than he will for Arsenal. No, uh, but it's one place he can go that'll still pay him high wages. And it's like yeah, a good transition exactly. striker. It, I just don't think he's going to be that. I think he'll score off like a few goals more than, you know, what Newcastle have right now. But, you know, it, it feels like that's their Robinho because he's not actually yeah. going to be good. I think he's better than Callum Wilson. Is he really like you think about form and everything? Like, is he that much of an upgrade? Like the current Obama Yang? Current Obama Yang just deteriorates a locker room. He's just reminding me of Kyrie Irving right now. Like he, it's just he clearly doesn't want to be there. He's not putting in the effort. He had the captain's armband and was making life at Arsenal hell for everybody else. Goes to his Afcon early release party and picks up COVID on the beach. And it's just like, he it's, it's insane to me that like all of these negative things keep lining up and people still want to pay him the amount of money he's demanding. It's, he's it's, just, it's, it's just, it's, it's frustrating to see. I don't necessarily think that it's the right move, but it, I mean, anything's better right now at Newcastle. Uh, and with the amount of money that they have, they're going to go out and buy the players that they want, and it's going to change the way that Newcastle plays. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be three or five goals for Obama Yang if he ends up going there, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. I think the the funniest thing that's come out of all this Newcastle transfer talk is there's a a football shirt company that is giving away a mystery shirt for every signing. That yep. Newcastle made sure during company. this win. Yeah, Secret Shirt Company. They're they're dope. I like them a lot. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Secret Shirt Company. I, don't, I probably you guys probably don't listen to this podcast, but you guys are cool. <laughs> but I uh, no, I I do I do like the Trippier um, uh, news. Um, Dine looking for a way out of uh, Everton. Um, He's been flirted with Chelsea too, apparently. Yeah, they need a Chilwell replacement. And, yep. you know, Marcus Alonso's Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso is Marcus Alonso. That is the most. I held myself back on a joke there. I'm glad I didn't make it. I made it on episode like two or three. Go back. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> the, the the transcripts were lit on fire. Sorry. Yeah. Just go back and check that out. That's a, that's a deep cut for all of our, uh, our our longtime listeners. You'll know I made the joke. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, Dinier's going somewhere. Newcastle are interested in him. Same thing with Chelsea. Um, 
January is a weird time. I, you know, you, sometimes you see insane signings like Virgil van Dyke, and other times you see absolute dog shit. Uh, but what's important to note about a lot of January moves is they tend to be made for a specific purpose, like a specific reason. Mm. Um, you know, it's to like propel a club in one direction or another. And that is kind of what, or not, it's exactly, not kind of, it's exactly what this next segment we're going to go into is called, or is all about. Uh, so this is a new transfer segment that uh, we came up with the other day. It's called Money Moves. So Mitch, Josh, and myself, uh, we all picked a club. And basically we acted as if we were like director of football, sporting director, whatever you, you know, whoever makes the moves behind the scenes, you know, to sign players for a club. And we looked at, um, you know, like prices of the players, like where they fit in. And, you know, we, we decided to, you know, have our voices be heard and, you know, say what we would do to attempt to improve uh, these three clubs here. So, you know, We'll just fucking go in order on the graphic. Uh, so, Mitchell. Yes, sir. You are freshly hired as the director of football for none other than the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, who are your marquee signings for the January window to try and push for a top six spot? So, right now we're sitting in eighth place in the league. Um and there is definitely some changes we need to make. Um, first and foremost, uh, our three center backs are three of our five leading goal scorers this season. Only scored 14 goals, but you've also only conceded 14 goals. Second best defensive record in the league. Absolutely. So I, I don't think we need to necessarily sell out uh, for, for something, but I think uh, we do need a center back. Our, our wing back situation is more than favorable right now. Um, so I'm targeting the 29 year old center back from Rangers in Connor Goldson. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at uh, Brighton and sold in 2018 to Rangers and was uh, a phenomenal piece to Gerard's title run last year. Um, he's a Wolverhampton local. And I think having a 29-year-old come in who uh, has found success in uh, the Scottish Premiership, um, who is more defensive-minded versus uh, attack-minded, would be huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think something we need to bolster is our midfield. Uh, Rumor has it Ruben Neves is getting sold to Manchester United. So... um, I have anything to say about it. I, as (laughs) as the the fake board of directors for Wolves, I won't be letting that slide. Yeah, I don't want to let him go. Uh, Top young talent. What is he, 25? That's the Um, most Man United signing ever. So, yeah, we get, we get, we get pumped by him, you know, gut wrenching loss. And then we're going to swoop in and try and steal one of your players. Uh, But I think Todd Cantwell would be a, a good signing. Um, young thug is a supporter now <laughs> uh in his first uh premier league came campaign last year had six goals two assists obviously not a, a prolific game changer but he has the ability to control the midfield um watching him over the last couple of years extremely strong on the ball uh great facilitator um and it, it's kind of like that first pass in on the attacking end um, mm-hmm. So that's why we don't see a lot of assists out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that would be a good opportunity for him to make the move to uh, a club that is going to stay in the Premier League uh, yep. versus play the the back and forth game year in and year out. Yeah. Um, I hear that. Uh, Score me some goals. How about that? We need some fucking goals. How, how are you going to score me some goals, Mitchell? Um, so Adama Traore is getting targeted for a move to a right wing back position at Spurs right now. And, and he it, fucking sucks. I want someone that scores no goals. Spoilers. He's he's fast and he's strong, uh, but he can't net a fucking ball. And oily. Um, and, and he he's, <laughs> we spend a lot of our money on baby oil for him. So we're going to cut the baby oil budget and we're going to put that $30 million, $50 million into um, uh, an offer for Usman Dembele. Um, 
I think he is a, a winger that can match the pace and the skill on the ball. Uh, but he's also going to do a lot more for your ability to score goals. Uh, right now, he isn't getting that at Barca. Um, and I think a fresh... <laughs> And and I think a move away from Barcelona back to the Premier League, give him uh, give him an opportunity to lead the front three, uh, and I think he would be a good kind of fill in for uh, the void that Diogo Jota left um, just a couple of years ago. They yeah. definitely we definitely need a a goal scorer, and I think um, Dembele coming in would give a resurgence to him as a player, um, give him a little bit more freedom. And he would fit that that role that Adama is filling right now, just a little bit more production. I approve the spending. You you did a phenomenal job. Uh, you you go out there and you get me those players. Yes, sir. All right. So next on the list, uh, Josh Ricker. Antonio Conte needs some fucking help. <laughs> New sporting director. This is my Conte needs some fucking help. Um. I have told Daniel Levy to suck me. We're going to spend some money this winter. Where are we spending it? Well, knowing that we have to, we're, we're a club that has to sell to buy, really. So first thing you got to do is sell the dead weight. And, and you're not going to be able to sell all of it now. Uh, Deli Ali was probably one of the ones you're thinking of. I think Deli stays for the second half. He, he's looking pretty good under Conte's uh, leadership. So I'll, I'll keep Deli until at least the summertime. The, the players I do think are going to be leaving, Matt Doherty, uh, he's already getting offered up to, to a few different teams. Uh, Bergwine's another one, just hasn't really worked out here, you know, in Croydon, or uh, not Croydon. <laughs> I, I'm from London, you'd think I would know, you know, what neighborhood Tottenham's in. Um, Bergwine just hasn't really worked out at Tottenham, so I think he'll probably move on. And then Harry Winks, just because, uh, you know, our midfield is dead at Tottenham. So you look at Harry Winks. Uh, Tanguay and Dumbele and the Oliver skip kid too. Not really up to Tottenham standard. So those are players I see leaving. The three I see leaving in January, Matt Doherty, uh, Bergwijn, and Harry Winks. I, I would send them, send them out. Winks maybe on loan, uh, then do a maybe a full transfer in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think Winks might be able to make good. So that's yeah. why I agree. Uh, I'll uh, I'll work. I'll, I'll put those motherfuckers on the chopping block. Um, yes. Continue. Also, who, who we, Eric Dier in the summer too. Just uh, Eric, Eric Dier's dog shit. I'm just gonna terminate his contract. It fucking sucks. I the thing with Spurs and, and the, the mentality I'm bringing in as sporting director, it, it's not gonna be a popular one with maybe a, a one Austin Farwell. It's that you know, sport Spurs are pushing for European competition, top six, top four. Frankly, I just don't think they're there. And I don't think they should push for top four because if they get in top four and get in the Champions League, they're going to be dog shit in the league next year, and it's just an ever-going cycle. They mm-hmm. need to really finish about seventh so they don't have European play next year, and actually below seventh because I think that's a Conference League spot now. They that's need to fine. finish. Move to a train station team again and crash yes. out. Yeah, and the way we're going right now, Conte is just going to get draws for the rest of the year. They're not going to win or lose. Just one point a game. That's fine with me. The players you need to bring in to just keep that level, uh, but the players who I think if you keep next year and you get some more signings in the summer, you'll actually have a team that might be able to win a few games next year. First one being Frank Kessie for AC Milan. He's valued around $50 million. Uh, Milan's looking to get some cash because if not, he's going to leave for free uh, eventually. So I, I think he's a player that will come in. He's a good midfield replacement. I, I think – Tottenham's midfield is just shambles. They get outrun every single game. It's their biggest weak spot in their whole team, especially centrally. Kessie's a, a player who's experienced in Serie A. I think he'll be able to pick up well under Conte, holds the ball well, and is just a nice controlling midfielder. He's the first one. And then Tottenham also need another center back, uh, you know, just one that's not a shambles. So Stefan Devry from Inter, uh, again, obviously the link up from Conte is going to be serious. Um, I think he'll fit right in, uh, and he won't cost too much money either. That'll work with our budget. Third player, if he doesn't go to Aston Villa by the time this episode releases, I go out and get Coutinho on loan. You're just paying his wages. Send him back to Barcelona. That'll get you through the year. 
I think Coutinho adds a little bit of creativity. Um, in terms of forwards, I'm not touching that until the summer. I think Kane, Son, and Mora have enough offensive talent to get us through the year. With that mm-hmm. being said, in the summertime, Tariq Lamptey is on my list, another player valued around 50 mil, and I get an attacker. Again, those stay until the summer. You don't want to get too good too fast because, again, if you get in Correct. that Champions League spots, you're going to be dusted next year by about oh, yeah. November. Gonna, we're going to be down horrendously. We're going to get the shit kicked out of us by Barcelona and enter in the group stages yep. again. It's going to be a really bad time. I agree. You know, spending approved. Um, I'm skeptical on the Coutinho loan because I think he's going to Villa, like you mentioned. So Yeah, that's I'm like pretty- that's one that I, I might not even include on, on like the uh, prospect graphic. I think Kessie and DeVry are your two that you got to get. Right. Okay. Perfect. 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 Um, now, uh, you know, as you two have, have given yours, um, I have appointed myself as sporting director of Watford. I'm here to help the fucking Hornets. Uh, so things to note, um, we're broke. Watford do not have cash. Uh, we got no motherfucking money. Uh, so where I decided to take my talents is to middling championship sides that just have like one or two pretty good players for the championship that you know might be wanting to make the jump to the premier league because there's no way in hell their sides are getting promoted um the two biggest places uh i see um watford having the issues are the specifically the positions of fullback and attacking midfield um, I think their center backs are, you know, they're, they're fine. They're, they're center backs that will get you 16th place. You know, we're, we're not down that bad. Like you 16th, 17th. Um, they don't ship um, or they don't score. I mean, they, they kind of score goals. We're 13th in goals scored in the Premier League right now. So, you know, we, we need a little bit of help there, but we don't really need a forward. We just need someone to let Dennis score goals, take a little bit of the creative load off of him because he's, you know, he's leading in goals and assists. The closest guy to him only has three assists. Um, he, he just needs a little bit of help. He needs to be able to make those runs off the ball to, to you know, be a goal scorer and, and let someone else create a little bit more. So we're going to first, uh, we're going to put in a bid for John Swift. Uh, he plays for Reading in the EFL Championship. Reading are in 21st place, but Swift is 26 years old only valued at around $6 million and has nine assists in the championship this season. I I think despite Redding being dog shit and the championship obviously being a, a, you know, a step lower in quality than the prem bringing in a guy who can almost double digits assists halfway through the season, even in the championship, he's familiar with the English game and he'll do just enough to take some of that creative burden off of Dennis's shoulders. Um, So He's the first guy we're gonna you're gonna put a big and big bid in for. He's our big money marquee signing of the winter. You know, six million dollars. It's a lot of fucking cash for the Hornets, man. Uh, you know, we're probably not gonna be able to pay the Bumblebee mascot we've got for a couple weeks to be able to afford this guy. <laughs> Secondly, I'd like to get a bit more of a, of a promising fullback. You know, someone you know good good going both ways with the ball. Just just someone to help us get out of our own end and maybe provide a little bit of threat moving forward, but also you know nice and defensively solid. So I bring you Louis Cole from Hull City. Very similar position to Reading. Hull are in 19th fucking place. They suck. But, but Louis Cole is sneaky, sneaky, one of the most well-rounded defenders um, in the EFL championship. And I've got the statistics to back it up. So not only is Louis Cole averaging right around 0.7 key passes per 90, from the fullback position for a dog shit Hull City. He's also averaging right around 10 defensive actions per 90. So he's getting the ball forward. He's doing the thing defensively. And, and here is the best part. Only valued at 550,000 pounds. I think that's a steal for a pretty statistically well-rounded defender who's only 26 years old. You know, we, we have statistics in in my scouting department i am an analytics company when it comes to my football players so those are the two guys you know we, we can't sign four or five guys we're not fucking tottenham all right we can't sell harry kane and make all our money back like i want to keep dennis i don't want to sell him 
you know, we, we can't be making our money back like that. So those are the two guys I would go out and buy for Watford. Uh, again, we're looking at John Swift from Reading and Louis Cole from, uh, from Hull City. I dig it. I like the moves. You're, you're, you're being very frugal with it, and I dig it. We got uh, it, man. Uh, Fucking broke. Yeah. If we get relegated, we might have no. to sell more people. Like, you know, you only make like two signings just in case. <laughs> Don't want to break the bank here. Fuck no, man. You think I'm buying two players over a million dollars? That's a fucking loot. Call up Elton John. He'll give you some cash. Right. Okay. Maybe we could get an influx. Maybe, El- maybe Elton John will buy us Louis Cole. <laughs> You know, uh, instead of instead of like you know, Crystal Palace has a, a bald eagle and cheerleaders. You just bring out Elton John to do halftime performances. We should just put Elton John on the Watford badge. It's we're it's he's just the, a picture of he's, Elton he's John. The he's the crest. <laughs> Eagles dead. R.I.P. Eagle. And that name. was Money Moves. Um, yeah, that was episode twenty-one. That was fun. Let us was let us know one. who uh, who who you think had some some solid moves. Or uh, you know, shoot us up when uh, when you see us if we moved a player you didn't like. Yeah, right. Um, Austin, don't care what you have to say about Josh. I think he's a better <laughs> sporting director than anybody at Tottenham right now. Um, I do. I do have some breaking news before we oh, no. wrap up the pod. Uh, this just in: all twenty Premier League clubs have been told by the FA they must play their third round ties this weekend. Oh no. And the FA will not apply any experience criteria to young players, meaning that teams will be forced to field youth teams if required per male sport. That means we're going to be seeing a bunch of 12-year-olds go out and play Shrewsbury no. this weekend. So if you you're do, Liverpool Mitch, fan. Mitch, we're fine. Do you know who we have in the reserves of the youth team right now? Who? Arat. Oh, my... All rats coming up, man. It's his time. Little messy. It's his time. Little messy, baby. Time. Not wait for a team full of high schoolers to play Bristol City this weekend. Don't we have that uh, that Geo soccer kid too? Don't we have both? Like the he's he has the same Instagram content as a rat Jim, but he he just like dices up bangers in the U nine games. I'm not sure. We need Hell to yeah. get Ara in the senior squad immediately. All right. Um, so that that was episode 21. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Before we close it out, I do just want to say, be on the lookout for a mini-sode we've got coming out. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's pretty cool. Um, we're going we're gonna to be doing a little, uh, little drafty magic, making some teams, some controversial decisions. It's going to be a good time. Uh, be on the lookout for that mini sode. Be on the lookout for, you know, the social all surrounding it. I can't wait for you guys to hear that and uh, berate us for our opinions. Sorry. I promise we haven't even filmed it yet. I know for a fact Mitch is going to put something stupid and fucking controversial in his team. I can't wait. Um, Paul Pogba and that. Yeah, we're playing Paul Pogba at fucking right back. Mitch is the black sheep of the podcast. <laughs> I just uh, get run over by trucks weekly. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes my takes are spicy and they hit, uh, other times I get called the R word on Christmas. It is what it is. <laughs> Shout out to the dude that felt the need to berate Mitch on Christmas for putting Paul Pogba at DM. I think he's an idiot for that too, but come on, man. I, I am an idiot. <laughs> it was Christmas, bro. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Uh, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, like comment, subscribe, ding the notification bell. So, you know, every time we post a video and if you're listening on Spotify, Apple music, Stitcher, Google podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to this, um, subscribe, rate the podcast on Spotify, please download the episode, tell a friend and break into the nearest gas station that is playing music by your car plug your cell phone into their speakers and blast this episode over the cumberland farms loudspeaker have a blessed one it's perfect house party music